Welcome back to the Multi-Channel Reseller Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, and I'm back again with another episode. So I first want to give a shout out to all the new listeners. Um, last episode has brought in uh, quite a few new listeners. So I definitely appreciate that. But I definitely also want to give a shout out to my permanent collection listeners. People who've been around for a little while listening. Um, you guys keep the numbers. Um, you guys keep the numbers up. So uh, I just want to show my appreciation to you listeners. To all the listeners rather. So, um, how are you? How are you? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. I hope business is progressing. I hope your life is progressing in a positive light. I hope you're gaining new insight. I hope you're making the necessary changes you feel you need to make in your life and in your business life to get to where you want to be. So I, I, I hope all positivity. And a lot of times before, before the positivity, before the growth, before all of the good things, a lot of times it's the pain comes first, you know, you know, before, before you go up, you must go down. Everything that goes up goes down first. So, um, just want you to know that I, 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 I am recognizing your struggle right now. If you are on your ascent. So I just want to show you some, some recognition there. And I hope, um, and I hope today's episode can bring some type of light to any situation that you guys are having. Um, this episode, we're going we're gonna to talk about profit margins. Okay. So, um, what should your profit margins be? You know, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a few things that I look at, a few things that I pay attention to when I am thinking about my profit margins on a ongoing basis. This isn't a, um, a comprehensive list of things that I look at, but um, it's things that came to my mind when I was making notes for this episode. So um, I guess the, the things that are most prevalent when I think about profit margins. Um, and then we're also going to get into a little bit about the private label part of my, my business, um, let you guys know what's happening there. I alluded to some things um, in previous episodes, but I didn't go deep. So I'll go a little bit deep on this episode. So with that being said, let's let's get into this. Well, you know what? You know, Kanye West has been in the news a lot lately. You know, Kanye West has been in the news a lot lately. Before we get started, real quick. Listen, I don't care about none of that shit he's talking about. Put on that 808 and heartbeats. Let's go. Put on that beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Let's go. I don't even know why people take him seriously still. You know, just put the music on. That's it. You know, just just the music. Leave everything else alone with that dude. Um. So, all right. So, with, with that being said, um... Yeah. Anyways, profit margins. Okay. So I, I I wrote down a list here, and I might even go off the cuff a little bit and and um extend the list. But I got a few items here. I think three that I want to talk about with you. And the goal 
um, I would like to accomplish here with this episode is to um, maybe, maybe maybe bring some clarity, you know, maybe bring some clarity for some folks who may not be clear on how to look at their profit margins or how to um, determine what their profit profit margins should be. And also an, another goal that I would like to accomplish for the folks who <clears throat> may already know these things that I'm gonna that I'm gonna talk about is basically give you some reassurance, right? Because I've been I've been in many situations where it's like, you know, you're you're on the right path, you know, you're thinking of these things, and then when you get reassurance on something, it's like, I I knew I was right, you know, I I knew I'm on a I'm on the right path, you know. So, yeah, so some reassurance and also um, for those who uh, are unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, maybe it'll help you give you some clarity. So first things first. The first thing that came to my mind on how I look at profit margins. Is the S&P 500. So. There are some of you who do not know what that is. Okay, now I don't know the formal definition, okay, of S&P 500, but I think you can get the idea. The S&P 500 is um, is an investment. You can invest in the S&P 500, and it's the 500 top um, companies in America, right? The stocks of the 500 top companies. And how it works is these companies meet a certain criteria. And when the company no longer fits that criteria, it gets bumped out and it gets replaced by another company that does meet the, the meet the criteria. Um, so it's the 500 top companies. Okay. Now it is said, it is said by many people in the investment world that the S&P 500 returns on average a 10% return. So some of you might be thinking like, what does this have to do with anything? How is this relevant to what the hell profit margins have? What does it have to do with profit margins? Hang in there, you know, stick with me for a little bit. Okay. So it is said that the S&P 500 on average, if you put money into it, if you invest in it, you're going to, on average, get a return of 10%. All things equal. Okay? Why am I bringing this up? Now, it's anywhere between 9 and 12%. You're going to hear numbers anywhere between 9 and 12%. But most people, most of the quote-unquote people in the investment world say it's 10%. Um, but anyways... So if you can get a return, it's a relatively safe investment, relatively safe. If you can invest your money into an SP 500 and get an on average, a 10% return, would you go into business for yourself and accept a profit margin of 8%? Would you accept a profit margin of 9%? Would you accept a profit margin of 5%? Okay. So now you get where I'm going with this. Okay. 
So if you put your money in S&P 500 where you don't have to do anything, no work, no nothing, all you have to do is put your money into it, the companies, the top five, the top 500 companies will do the rest for you. Would you accept a return for less than 10%? Okay. Now, the answer should be no. You know, sure, you want to create some nuances on if this, that, and the other, but generally speaking, okay, that's what we're talking about right now. Generally speaking, your answer should be no. My answer would be no. Okay. Because you have to do a lot of work going into business for yourself. You're taking on a lot of risk just to get a return on your money less than if you were to just put your money into the S&P 500 and do nothing and get more return, all right? So you wanna be obviously on the opposite side of the S&P 500, what the return is for S&P 500. My, my rule of thumb, this is me, me talking, okay? My rule of thumb, and it may, be cha- it may change you know, here and there, but I've always, uh, not always, but at least for the past, you know, four or five years or so, I've always said, I want to, um, I want to be at least five times. I want to have a return at least five times greater than the S and P 500. So my profit margins on my cost of goods sold, my gross profit margin, this is my gross. And, and, you know, I'm going to come back to that. To the, to the gross profit margin thing. The definition of that. So my gross profit margin needs to be at least 50%. Now, um, so let me step back a little bit and let me let me preface some of this conversation. Now, when I talk about profit margin, I don't talk about it the way probably most people talk about it. I am more concerned about my return on investment, okay? So my profit margin, I'm talking about the percentage of my cost of goods sold. How much of my cost of goods sold am I getting back, okay? So obviously I'm, I wanna, you know, so let's give, let's give an example. Let's say my cost of goods is $10, okay? So if my profit margin is at least 50% gross profit margin, I want to, um, you know, so when I sell that item, I'm going to sell that item for, for an amount that equals $15 after fees and everything, right? So my gross profit margin is my, my, uh, um, if you look at it this way, it's the sales price on a marketplace. So you pick any marketplace. My cost of goods need to be the sales price minus all of the fees on that on that marketplace, minus the shipping costs, anything, any fee related to selling the item. Okay. So sales price minus all of the fees minus my cost of goods. It needs to be at least 50% of my cost of goods, okay? So in this $10 example, let's say I have my cost of goods as $10, and let's say I sell this product for $25 on Amazon. 
minus all of the fees, I need to get at least $15 back. So $10 goes back. I get my cost of goods back, $10. Then I get 50% of my $10. So I have that $5 is 50% of my cost of goods. Now that's my gross profit for me. That's, that's what I call my gross profit. I call that my gross profit. Now my net profit is basically all of my expenses. See, I don't count the Amazon fees and all that kind of stuff. I don't count that really as my expenses. The shipping, um, if I'm doing merchant fulfilled or if I'm shipping, if I'm uh, doing a seller fulfilled um, situation, I, 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 sure, you can argue that I should count that as my expense. But I just, because it's related to the marketplace, I just lump it all in with that, okay? I lump it all in on that side. Now, my net profit, okay? So I take my $5, my $5 profit, my net profit is now my fees, my, my expenses that come out of my bank account that's being charged to my credit card, okay? All of those expenses, okay, takes away from my profit, from my $5 profit, okay? So that means it's gonna be, it's gonna mean my, my, uh, my software that I, that I, you know, that I pay on a monthly basis, my, uh, what do I pay for? Um, I don't know, my shipping supplies, um, I don't, I don't really pay for much. So, so after that, so after my, after my fees, I would like at least 40% net profit. So 40% of my cost of goods sold. So I'm always tacking the percent to my cost of goods. That's how I look at my business. Okay. What are my cost of goods? Okay. How much how much profit do I get in relation to my cost of goods? Cost of goods sold, rather. Okay. So my net profit, I would prefer it to be 40%. My gross profit, I prefer it to be 50%. Okay. So if you have to rewind that maybe to, to, to follow that. Okay. So, um, so let's stick with gross profit. I'm just going to stick with gross profit. Because my my net profit is not far off of my gross profit, okay? Because of the volume that I'm doing, and my my uh, my expenses that come out of my bank that come out of my bank account or it's being charged to my card, when you tap when you you know spread it over the volume that I do, it's not that far off, okay? It's not that far off. So I'm going to use gross profit in this conversation, okay? So gross profit needs to be at least five times the S&P 500, which is basically 50% of my cost of goods sold. That's how I look at it. I want 50% of my cost of goods sold as profit. That's how I, that's how I try to do everything. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that, that is, that is the minimum. Okay. That is the minimum that I need my profit to be. So when I am searching for a, a, a profit opportunity in my in my current business, that's what I'm looking for, or that's how I price my items. So the lowest price that I'm gonna uh, uh, price it at is at a price that will give me 50% of my cost of goods sold. Now, it doesn't matter how long that product takes for me to sell, okay? It, 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 it doesn't matter, um, it, it doesn't 
I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but that's not relevant to me because what I do is, what I do, because in my niche where variety, variety and number of listings has some relevance to my niche, so I have to, you know, every, every now and then I'm adding products. Uh, over this past couple of months, I've been adding lots of products to my catalog. But, um, but when I add a product, okay, and I'm able, and because I'm able to buy low quantities, I don't stress over how fast I need to get this money back for this new product when I put a new product up. So my, my minimum order quantity is very low on a new product that I list for my business. For your business, maybe maybe something else. But because that's true for my business, I don't concern myself when I'm listing the product, how much can I get for this? No, I start at my lowest, which is the lowest. I do the math and see what what uh, the calculation is for at least 50% gross profit. And then I let it sit. Okay. Or, you know, I let it do its thing. I let it make its, make its, round, make its rounds around the algorithm and all that kind of stuff. I, I deal with that. Okay. So I'm going to come back to this. Come back to this example where I'm um, adding a new product to my catalog. Okay. But that's the first thing that I do. Okay. The first thing I think about is what is my minimum profit margin, gross profit margin. And, and the reason why is because I... Do it in relation to the S&P 500. I think five times greater than S&P 500, I think it's fair. Fair for the amount of risk that I'm taking. Five times more, sure. You know, for other people, that may be low. And you know what? I, I, I can agree if anyone thinks that that's pretty low. I can agree with that. Okay. But there's other factors in my business that allow me to take uh, a very low risk. Okay. So the lower my risk generally the lower the reward per se so let's get into the second thing so the first one is comparing uh, um, coming up with a minimum gross profit margin in relation to the S&P 500 okay second thing is um, I have understanding the relationship between active and and non-active okay so the, the relationship between active and non-active what I mean by that is, if you're thinking about the S&P 500, for example, that is a non-active investment, right? So it's passive, okay? So it's passive that you're, you know, um, getting this, on average, 10% return on your investment. You didn't do anything. All you did was put up the money. So it's a passive investment, okay? So generally speaking, because that is the... That's the that's the that is the lowest that um, oh, one of the lowest. I, I'm not gonna say the lowest, but one of the uh, um, lowest ROIs that you should be willing to take is 10%, because you can get that passively. Now, the more active you are, that's when your multiple starts increasing. Your multiple of the S&P 500 start to increase. So, I laid out. A five times multiple, which is fifty percent. Okay, so if you think of it on a on like a pendulum, right? The more active you are, the greater your 
um, the greater the greater you need to allow for a profit margin, and then the less active you are, um, you you can allow for a lower return on investment. Okay, and in that relationship, you need to, you need to have that fixed in your mind when you're making business opportunity decisions. Okay, when you're making this, and, and this is this is something that that you know when i first started out i you know in my entrepreneurial journey in general i didn't have any understanding of this and a lot of people getting to a lot of people get into business right because it's easier to get into business now than ever before but they don't set any boundaries or any rules on what they will and will not do okay and i'm not saying it always needs to be tied um, everything you do needs to be tied to your minimum investment, um, your minimum ROI, because it doesn't always work that way. And I, and I may be able to get into that in this episode where it doesn't work that way, where if you're not getting 10%, you shouldn't pursue that business opportunity. Okay. When I say business opportunity, I don't mean like an entire business. What I mean like if you're already in business, and there's an opportunity to increase your sales or increase your, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing, grow your business. That decision may may or may not be a ten, at least a ten percent profit margin. You may be doing something literally for free, with the expectation later on you will, you know, benefit from it. You know, but if you're doing an entire business, right? So you want to do a, you want to start a. Uh, uh, um, I don't know, barbershop or something like that, or eyelash business or something like that. You're not going to accept, you shouldn't accept less than a 10% return on your investment, you know, unless you're starting off, you obviously you're doing things for, you know, for free for a little bit and all that kind of stuff. So there, there are some, you know, you sacrifice now for, for the, for the back end, but for the, for the most part, for the most part, when you're doing your business, you need to have this in your mind about what is the minimum I'm willing to accept. Anyways, okay, so active versus non-active, the relationship, the relationship factors between those two. Okay. So this is where a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs get trapped as well. So let's say you're a solopreneur, a solo entrepreneur, whatever whatever you call that, and you have a business where you can't charge more than X. And let's say X gives you a 50% return on your money. Let's say it does that. But the market says you can't go higher because if you start charging higher, then you're obviously going to miss out on sales. So you're you're kind of capped. Let's say you're you're in a situation where you're capped. I mean, there's only so you can only sell a spatula for so much money. Okay? You can only sell it for so much money unless you can make it fly or make it make it wash itself, okay? Now, but a basic ass spatula, you can only sell it for so many dollars. If you're an entrepreneur by yourself, and you're meeting your 50%, you're doing, you're doing that. But 
let's say you want to grow your business because you right now you're doing everything. You're the solo entrepreneur. You're doing all the shit, right? Let's say you want to grow your business. You want to, um, you know, pay for some pay for marketing and advertising, hire some virtual assistants, so on and so forth. Now that's going to eat at your margin. It's going to eat at your margin. Okay, it's going to eat at your margin. You know, and if you start getting down below ten percent, then you know you're probably in the wrong business. At that point, okay. Now, there's nuance to this. Okay, you can come up with your own nuances, but generally speaking, I want you to get the idea of what I'm saying. Now, let's say I'm a, I'm a solo entrepreneur. Here's a nuance. Uh, you know, somebody's gonna you know say, "Oh, that's not true." You know, uh, okay, all right. Let's go over a nuance situation, guy. So, let's say if I'm making five hundred thousand dollars gross profit. Okay, I'm doing five hundred thousand dollars by myself. Very unlikely, very extremely unlikely, but let's say that's what's happening. You're making five hundred thousand dollars, no employees. You're not paying for any advertising or marketing. You're not doing any of that. You're just doing business with by yourself. You know, you're doing it. Okay. Now, does it really matter if you start getting a little bit below, a little bit close? Let's say, for example, let's say, um. You know, you cut that in half. You start you 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 start hiring people. You start um you know you know growing your business through advertising and marketing, which is a very hefty expense, and that eats eats at your profit margin. And now you're at a twenty five percent growth profit margin. Now you're making two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Still pretty decent. Still pretty decent. But it's not a very likely situation. It's not very likely to happen to do five hundred thousand dollars by yourself in in gross profit. With your net profit not being far from that okay so realistically you can trap yourself in a business if the most you can make is 50 percent, and then you can't grow out of that so you're always going to be doing the job by yourself because you make the most money doing it by yourself so you're pretty much capped your 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 um um you know what 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 Robert Kiyosaki talks about when with the self-employed, right? You know, you own a job, right? In that case, now owning a job may be what you need to do right now. I'm not I'm not mad at that. You know, I'm not mad at that because sometimes that's just the way it is. Okay, but if you want to grow your business, your margins are going to need to be higher. And a lot of us in the e-commerce space, we're going to we, we fall into that trap into, in, in one way or another. Now, I will explain. I will explain. I will explain that. So I'm going to come back to that. Okay. So the reason why this could become an issue is because once you start needing to grow your business, because you, you don't want to just make the same amount of money for the, forever, right? And your business just doesn't grow just because. Sometimes it can if you're becoming if 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 you're just such a unique product and people are becoming more aware of it and more people are discovering through algorithms and all that kind of stuff, right? So you can get that organic, that organic, uh, uh, those organic sales to grow. And if what you're selling is very unique, yeah, you you will increase your sales if the supply does not uh, outpace the demand. You can find yourself in a good situation, but I think for many of us. 
if you're not in the private label space, if you're, you know, you're doing wholesale or you're, uh, um, you know, some private label too, but more so if you're doing wholesale, retail arbitrage and, and, and things that are non-private label, if you're not, um, um, if you're not growing your business with more products, because um, that's what you might you might have to do over time. If you're not growing your business, you're gonna you know if you're not growing, you're not you're, you're not growing, right? But you're either gonna have to grow through marketing, you know, expanding your brand awareness or your products awareness rather. And all of that is not a simple decision, you know. Well, are there other products like like it on the market? Are there other sellers selling the same product? All this kind of stuff. So it's not and it's not easy to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna pay for advertising because what you're doing is you're paying for advertising, but other people will benefit from it. Okay, you don't want to do that if you're selling a product that other people are selling too. And that's where we are where many of us are in this e-commerce space. Um, uh, you know, if you're selling on any other major platforms, a lot of us are in that in that category. Now, you could be an Etsy seller, right, and sell something unique. That's cool, too. But even selling something unique on Etsy, sometimes you may be selling a similar product to someone else's. What you, what you have must be very unique, extremely unique. No one else is doing it, or it's very difficult to do for, for anyone else to copy you. Okay, so but my, my point in this is, my point in this is, is, is to give you clarity on where you are in your business right now. Are you able to grow doing what you're doing right now? Are you able to put some money into advertising and marketing off, off the marketplaces, right? Are you able to direct traffic to a website? Are you able to do that? Can you do that? Are you selling something other people are selling too? Like there's so many different things, so many different things you have to consider, but not that many things, you know. But um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very honestly, it's very simple. Let's 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 just run through it real quick. Let's run through it, okay? So here you are. You have a product, okay? And what model are you using? Retail arbitrage. I mean, it's only a few things you you could be using. You're either doing retail arbitrage, you're doing private label, or you're doing wholesale. Okay, and within the private label, you know, you could do white label too. We'll talk about we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But yeah, I mean, there's only so many different models you can do. You know, or you know, you're you're doing your own Etsy thing. You know, you're hand making your stuff and all that kind of stuff. That's that's an option too. Okay, but either way, you're wholesaling because you're probably buying raw materials from other places okay um <clears throat> and there is there's a there's a you, you sell your product for a price you sell your product for the market price okay yes you can uh get the organic sales probably right but if you want to grow your business you're going to first probably do some advertising on the platform you're selling on you're going to first probably maximize what you can do there. That's more money. And that's going to eat into your margin. Now, the good thing about advertising on the platforms that you're selling on is that 
um, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive in, um, it's not that expensive in comparison to doing it on your own. Now there's some pros and cons of doing it on your own. There's some pros and cons of paying for the advertising that the uh, marketplace is telling you to pay for. Now there's pros and cons to both of it, but I would assume you would maximize your advertising on the platform. Okay. That could eat into your margin by how much though, who knows? You won't know until you start doing it. Now it's tricky. It's tricky. I didn't mean, I didn't really mean to get into this advertising thing. I didn't mean to, but it's tricky though with advertising because what, what tends to happens is it's a bit tricky because they're not, you know, these, these platforms, I mean, it's, it's pretty scammy for them to sell you advertising because they are the platform. Like, you know, you don't know what they're doing with your money. You don't know how they're advertising it. And they're just saying, hey, give it to us and we will do X, Y, and Z. Now, here's what could possibly happen. They can, they can, they can cut off your organic sales, right? And then give you more advertising sales so you can believe that the advertising is working versus the organic. It's tricky. It's tricky. You know, um, they've done that to me, you know, so, um, so you have to play with it. It takes a couple of months to kind of play with it to see what, what's the right dollar amount that you can use. And then it changes, right? Your, your dollar amount is going to change, but then you, you, you get a feel of how much more you need to invest in advertising on a certain platform versus how much uh, not to invest. Right. So it, it, it can take a couple months to figure it out because you don't want to use, you can't do it in 15 days. You need like at least 30 days of data to kind of understand, oh, this is, do I need to continue spending my money on Amazon PPC or Etsy ads or whatever, right? Um, but anyways, 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 let me get, let me get back on, on, on track here. So, um, <clears throat> so you want to factor in, if you're already at 50% gross profit, your potential to grow is based on your ability to spend money on advertisement, which is going to eat into your margins. Um, and also hiring people, which is going to eat into your margins. Okay, hiring people for whatever it could be a VA, it could be an employee, it can you know whatever it is. But you eventually have to hire somebody to do something. Okay, and that's going to eat into your margins. Okay, and then you can you can you can get to you know thirty twenty percent. Your margins are going to go down. But the key thing is the key thing is is are you making more money on a volume basis? So even though your margins are going down, are you making more money on a dollar basis? And how much time, how much time did you cut? How much time did you buy yourself? See, when your margins are going down, you're, what's happening is you become less active. So remember the active versus the non-active. The more active you are, the more your profit margins should be. The less active you are, the less profit margins you're likely to receive. So if you are paying for advertising and marketing, however you're doing it, whether it's on the platform or whether you're doing it directly yourself, is it saving you time? Are you buying more time? Okay. If the answer is no, then you probably need to cut the cord on that on that plan, whatever that plan would be for advertising, for example. Because the whole point is, if you're getting less margin, 
you need to be doing less work. Because the closer you get to 10%, the closer you get to 10%, it's going to tell you, because the S&P 500 is 10%, passive, passively, you know, get it passively, you should be being passive around that, around, get, as you get closer to 10%. You should be more passive. Okay. So, a lot of people, you know, one of the things that I, I you know, was very annoyed by in my Amazon days when I was an Amazon seller very annoyed by you know being in the Facebook groups you know and people flexing the numbers like oh yeah I did you know thousand dollars in sales in two two minutes okay what the margins looking like though what that profit look like what that profit look like you ain't make no money Anybody to show off some number? Look, what? Look, watch. Okay, all right. You know, let me look at my Amazon numbers real quick. I'm up, here, here's my Amazon numbers as of now. All right, let me pull this up. I did. Uh, what is this? This year. This year, I did a total of. I sold a total of 431 units. Right now, it's October. Uh, October 22nd. I sold uh, 431 units. And for nineteen thousand, nineteen thousand two hundred seventeen. You know what's my average sales price? Just curious. Just curious. Nineteen thousand two hundred seventeen divided by four thirty one. Average sales price is forty four dollars and fifty nine cents. Right. So <clears throat> I can you know I can go in a Facebook group or so. I'm like. Hey, you know, I, I did 431 sales and made $20,000. Let me tell you what my profit margin is on that Amazon money right now. Let me go to my inventory lab. I use inventory lab. I love inventory lab. I, I, I don't, I don't use, I don't sell on, I don't sell on Amazon, um, as often as I used to, but I, I keep inventory lab. I love inventory lab. I've always have, uh, it's a great freaking tool amazing if you're an amazon seller and you don't have inventory lab you're you're um you're missing out you're missing out it's very easy to use anyways so my my profit margin uh my profit on that nineteen thousand what is it two hundred seventeen dollars on amazon my profit is uh negative two hundred and sixty dollars so negative two hundred fifty nine dollars and twenty six cents so i lost i'm losing close to three hundred dollars all of my sales there's a story behind all of that I don't feel like getting into that right now. I've gotten to it on the podcast and in previous episodes. I don't want to get into it right now. But I'm losing money. And um, um, But I can go in the Facebook group and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, doing that, the other. It's like, okay, let's see the margins, though. Okay. Now, when I was an Amazon seller, if I remember it correctly, on average, I think I was making like $1,000 in profit per 5000 in sales. I think I, I'm, my memory is not serving me, serving me well right now on average. Now there's situations, many situations where I did well over that. Okay. But on average, my profit was like, wait, matter of fact, can I go, what year can I, I can go. Yeah. Let me go back. Let me go back. All right, cool. See inventory lab. Let me go back to 2017, 2007. Wait, what did, did I sell? I did. 
Oh, damn it. I think I had discontinued my inventory lab and then I signed up for it again and basically it deleted my it, it doesn't save 2017 what was I doing no here it is here it is what is this okay all right cool here, here, here's it here. let's do some let's do some numbers real quick so back in 2018 2018 and I think I was doing the podcast 2018 I don't know but I mean I my earlier days when I was an Amazon seller I would do income reports that's that that was part of, that was the reason behind the income reports in my episodes you know way way back right so I would do income reports because I got sick and tired of people on Amazon sellers, all up in the Facebook groups, all up, you know, talking about I'm doing this, these amount of sales, but they don't want to show them profit margins. I got up on the podcast. I'm like, here's my profit. Here's my profit. Here's my sales. Here's my profit. Because you start asking for profit margins, they start shuffling. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to tell you nothing. You know, but and then it dawned on me what they were doing. They were just flexing because you can do, you could do a, a shit ton of sales and make no money. Because you made a bad business decision, you bought some products that you can't sell for a profit, so you decide to sell them at a loss, and now they're selling out. Okay, so a lot of people were, were trying to flex like that. So let me see, 2018, I did 64,000 in sales, and um, my net profit is what well, what what it, what it was here at least was 5489. So what is that? So 64,000. Okay. So yeah, so I started look 2018. Wait, damn, these years go by so damn fast. 2008 2018, yeah, this when I was fired from my job, I started I started selling on Amazon. So July was when I first when I made my first sales was in July. My first sales in July was 700 $55. Then August was $4,834. Okay. So from July to December, I did 64,000 in sales. And my profit was 5,489. Uh net yeah, my net profit. So, what was that? That wasn't that wasn't 1,000 for every 5,000. So 64 So hold on. Let me do 54 divided by no, 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 no. Let's do. Try to do some short math here, but forget the short math. Let's do it the long way. Fifty-four eighty-nine divided by sixty-four thousand. Sixty-four thousand. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was making eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah. So eight point five. Eight point five percent was my return on investment. Uh, so yeah, that was that. Um, let's see those numbers though. So yeah, so look, July, I, I started selling in July, did $800 in sales. August did almost 5,000. September almost did 5,000. October did almost 7,000. November was 23. 24,000 in December was 22,000 sales. 
So, you know, I was on the ascent, but, um, you know, for half of the year. So, look, here's the thing. So, I was under 10%. Now, uh, if I were to annualize that 8.5%, it would be what? It'd be times two. It'd be six because I started in July. So, that's half of the year. So, if I were to annualize that, that would be 17%. So, my net profit would have been 17%, you know. Um, instead of the 8.5. So yeah, so if I invest in, in, in the uh, S&P 500 in January of that year, I would have made more money, you know, quote unquote. Now this is theoretically, like this is not like literally, okay, right? So I didn't, obviously I didn't have the money to put into the S&P 500 in January and at the end of the year make a 10% a return, you know? Like I don't even know, I don't even know how much money this was. How much money was this that I spent? How much money is this? My cost of goods or what? What were they? I'm trying to find them. So my cost of goods was twenty five thousand. My cost of goods was twenty five thousand dollars from July to December. Okay, so yeah, I didn't have twenty five thousand in January. No, it was reinvesting, right? So I'm reinvesting money, so I'm reinvesting profits. I'm using profits to buy more product. So yeah, it's, it's not a direct, like it's not like literally if I had 25,000, which I didn't, and I, I, I started in January, I would have made a 10% return, which is what, 2,500 um, at the end of the year, you know? So, so, you know, so it's not literally, you know? So even though half of the year I did under the S&P 500, the S&P 500 is 10% per year, right? So on a per year basis, if I, if I split that in half, that then five percent. So I'm still greater than S&P 500 because half of fucking ten is five, right? Um, but anyways, uh, you, I hope you hopefully you guys get that point there. So um, yes, yeah, 2018 or well, 2019. What did I do? Uh, man, I didn't mean I didn't know I was going to talk about any of this here. 2019. I'm trying to remember what 2019 looked like. I think that's when I stopped selling on Amazon. Maybe in the uh, 2019, I did 150,000, uh, just over 100. Oh, no, hold on, that's, that's expenses. So, yeah, so total, I did 185,000 in sales the next year, 2019, and I made $33,000 on Amazon. My net profit was $33,000. So yeah, that yeah that that's in alignment with what I was saying. So for every five thousand dollars, I was making about a thousand dollars in profit. Yeah, so that's that's more in alignment with what I was saying. So, anyways, all right, got a little sidetracked there. What is it, twenty twenty? What did I do in twenty twenty? I know I, I didn't do much in twenty twenty. That's when I, I slowed down. I stopped doing um, FBA for the most part. Twenty twenty, I did what? Thing takes forever to load, but uh, yeah, 2020, yeah, so yeah, see here, 2020, I did 47,000, 48,000 in sales, and my net profit was negative $233. It's for the whole year, you know, in 2021, 
yeah you see so i can have numbers all day on amazon and not making money i made okay so i made made five thousand dollars in um yeah 2021 and my sales were twenty five thousand. so you know you know there's a story behind all that but all of that i talk about all of this stuff during my during my podcast i mean sure you have to go way back to listen to it but that may that may not be um reasonable reasonable to do who knows if you want to do that sure um so so my point is is this in the event where it's difficult for you to grow right or the answer to growth the answer to growth is usually it's more sales, right? More sales, you're going to have to market more. You have to market more. You have to be more competitive in your marketing and maybe in your offers. And a lot of times that requires you to take, maybe take less profit. Now, if doing that doesn't buy you more time, if it doesn't allow you to work less, then it may not be a good business opportunity. Maybe. Now, there's some caveats, or not caveats, but there's some you know, situations where that may not be the case. So um, a lot of people tend to think that if they lower their price, they will increase their sales. Okay. So here's where, here's where, you know, trying to grow goes wrong. When you're lowering your price. Sometimes I, I, I test this. I test the idea of lowering my price um, this is what I did on my private label product. It didn't matter what price I had it at. It still sold the same. It still sold um, pretty much the same amount. Now, um, now I'm I'm priced very low. You know, at least a, a lot lower than what I anticipated on my private label product. And I do sell a little bit, a little bit more than what I was selling before, but. For months, I would try to I would try to see if price, you know, was I right on how I should price this product, and I was wrong. Okay, so I thought I would be, you know, I was very optimistic in a Q in a, in a Q four uh, time period, which was um, was it last year? Last year Q four, that was when I was going through the process of designing this product and you know it's very optimistic right so i'm like yeah i'm gonna sell this product for sixty dollars okay that didn't happen i said okay well let me sell it for forty dollars all right because my, my my cost was thirteen dollars and 25 cents so i said okay forty dollars and, and i got some traction with 40 bucks you know but it wasn't really a lot and i said okay let me try 30 nothing let me try 40 again got a little something let me try 30 again. Nothing. Let me try 25. Okay, got something going on. So now I'm like at, you know, 25 bucks right now. And I'm, so I'm, I'm still, I'm not selling a lot of it, but um, I'm selling enough that, like, okay, this keeps going this way. I'm going to eventually sell out. Eventually, it'll take a couple of years. So it wasn't, you know, I'm not concerned about it not selling because it will sell. I've been in situations where I bought products that don't sell. You know, dr dropped bags on products that don't sell and I eventually donated them, you know? Um, so I feel good <laughs> that it's at least selling. 
even though it's not a lot, <laughs> you know, because I'd rather be selling than not selling. And especially I'm not selling at a loss too. So, um, so anyways, so in terms of growth, if you're trying to think of a cheap way to grow, which is lowering your price, it doesn't always work that way. Okay. And also it will make you work harder for less. So my profit margins go down and I'm working harder because let's say it does work. Let's say lowering my profit margins does work. Okay. Now, um, I now have more, uh, orders to fulfill by myself, right? I fulfill my orders. So I'm fulfilling new orders. I'm working more. Now, it may not make a difference. Let's say, for example, depending on how much you lower your price, there's nuance to this, right? So you may do you might do some math where it's like, okay, well, if I lower my price by five dollars, but my sales increase two three times, how much money is that? And then you might be like, okay, that's a nice sum of money. I'm willing to work for less on a on a percentage basis to be able to make more on a dollar term basis, okay? So yeah, so I might be making, let's say I'm making $20 now, you know, no advertising at the current price. I'm making $20 profit now um, per day, let's say per day. And then I lower my price by 10, um, uh, 10%. Let's say I lower, I buy whatever the price is of the product. I lower it by $5 now. I increase my sales by, I'm making three more sales per day. And now I'm making $30 a day. So I increase my sales by three. How much more time does it take me to fulfill three additional products on a daily basis? Probably not much, but now I'm making $30 a day. So I was making $20 a day, which is $600 a month. And now I'm making $30 a day, which is $900 a month. There's a $300 difference just for seller fulfilled three items on a daily basis. If it doesn't take you much time to do that, if it takes you three additional minutes for 300 more dollars on a monthly basis, eh, it might be worth it. Okay. Might, might be worth it. All right. So there's, there's nuance to it, but, um, but, but that's, that's the point there is to, is to keep it in mind. It, it's, it, it acts as a guide, right? So don't try to think of it as, Oh, this is hard and stone. It is a guide understanding the relationship between active and non-active money how that how you know how active and non-active you are as it relates to the minimum profit margin you're willing to accept which in this case we're talking about is the S&P 500 which is 10% okay the more active you are the further away you need to be from 10% the closer you get to 10%, the less active you need to be in your business, okay? Generally speaking, it needs to be active and it needs to be safe. Um, all right, so let me take a quick break and I'll be back in a couple of seconds, but for you, it'll be right away. All right, we're back, we're back. So let's, let's, um, let's continue marching forward, all right? So another thing that I think about is inventory age. Um, is inventory age. Uh, now for my, like I said, for my niche, I need, you know, um, 
more products is relevant or a a nice size number in my catalog is is uh is relevant for my niche now nice size means you know under you know under 150 okay so i have i don't know 125 130 i don't know something like that products in my entire catalog okay so i went from 40 or 50 up to about 150 in about two months these past couple of months and um and, and you know what just to let you know um for for the folks who've been following you know these past couple of months yes i did that and i would say because my my initial question was I wonder if this would double my sales. And then um, that was the theory. I was like, I need to, I want to, you know, increase my sales, right? So let me add more products. And then on top of that, let me double my advertising. I did both of those. I did both of those. And it did not do, it did not double, double my sales. Adding more products did not double my sales. And um, doubling my advertising did not double my sales. I would say that, okay? I'm, I'm going to say that for the folks who've been, been following for that long. Um, that's my answer to that. So it did not. I, I actually, I actually, I'm somewhat, uh, I would argue that the fewer products that I had, the more sales I got. And just simply because of um, less choices. People, people have less to choose from. So maybe... Um, my intention was to have variety, but maybe, maybe the, maybe, maybe what's happening is there may be some similarities or maybe the market is not as big as what I presume it to be to double my sales. Right. Um, but, uh, and there's some other factors too, such as like, you know, algorithm space, right. So let's say if I'm I, I have a product and it's you know it's in the same category, but it may take away from the products that are already doing well, okay? Because the you know the algorithm is trying to is trying to um, see what the new products do, you know, it's trying to see what the new products do. Now the algorithm would have less work to do if I just kept my same you know 50, 60 products that I had, or forty or whatever it was. And then there's less the algorithm has to do because it's, it's, you know, it knows what to do with these products that were already bestsellers and all this kind of stuff, right? But now I got new products, so now it's kind of, it might be switching out with the, the, the good selling ones to try, the algorithm is trying to see how well these products sell. And they're testing it, you know, they're doing things. I don't know what they're doing. It's, it's, it's AI. They don't, they don't tell us, right? So that's my theory, Okay. Um, now I do still, I'm going to spend a few more months, um, you know, with the, with the same, uh, count of products. I'm not, I haven't added any more products and I'm not going to be adding any more products for products for quite a, quite a bit of time. Um, I'm going to see because, you know, because it, you know, with these things, it, it can take a little bit of time. You know, it can take a little bit of time to actually gather the data to see what really happened or what's really happening with uh, with my old situation versus my new situation. You know, so anyways. All right. 
inventory age. Another thing that I look at when considering my profit margin. This was pretty simple. I mean, the older the pro the older the product is, let's say I have situations where you know I add new products to my catalog, and like I said, for me, you know, for what I do and you know where I source, my minimum minimum order quantity is very low, so my risk is very little. Um, and I would test a new product, and it may not hit. You know, it may not hit, right? So if I'm holding on to a product for, you know, it's been four months or three, not four months, but it's been like two months and I'm not seeing any sales at all of that product, then, you know, I got to cut the cord. I got to lower the price. I don't um, rarely, no, let me see. Not even rarely. I never, never with, with my main, my main niche that I'm in, I never, you know, sold at a loss. Okay. And there may be one or two times in the past three or four years, but I can't recall. I don't recall, but I, I would sell it. I'll probably sell it at where I, I would get my uh, cost of goods back. So basically no profit at all, um, or at least a couple dollars profit. So, you know, as long as I'm making my money back, now I lose in my time, right? So, you know, if you want to do that kind of calculation, yeah, I lost money in terms of if, if you were to factor in my time and the opportunity cost of those dollars that I spent on the on cost of goods for that product. Yeah, sure. You know, lost money in that case. But on a um, in a nominal sense, the nominal dollar amount. Um, no, I would just sell it for, you know, I'll do some type of sale or put on Poshmark. Somebody offers me a low price i'll accept it <laughs> you know what i'm saying like let me get this out of here as long as i get my money back i'm pretty happy um so yeah i, I generally look at it like two or three months if, if there's no sales of that particular product for two or three months um i cut the cord you know i sell it for either at cost or uh you know where i get my cost back and that's it or i get maybe it's a couple dollars more it's not not really much at all so um, yeah, so those are the three things that I, I, I consider on a daily basis when it comes to my profit margins is my minimum, which is 50% of my cost of goods. Okay. I consider, I consider the relation, the relationship between active versus non-active, you know, money as it relates to 50%. Okay. 50% uh, gross profit. And then also um, consider inventory age. Um, so <clears throat> I don't I don't have it all to down to an exact science, but I think these these concepts for the most part you know can help people make decisions on to um, make decisions on how they should go about uh, profit margins in their particular business, you know, so you're going to discover some, some things that you're going to consider, or you can use mine if that works for your, your type of business. Um, but yeah, you know, I just wanted to, you know, get that off, get that off for you guys. And, and, uh, hopefully that is helpful somewhat, you know, to somebody. Okay. So lastly, let's get into this private label stuff, uh, private label update. Now, um, as I said in the last private label update, I um, 
I am no longer pursuing um, the expansion of my current private label product. It's just not meeting uh, any sales goals. Um, it's not getting any traction that I wanted to get, and I'm just letting it ride. I'm letting the organic ride out. Um, I I don't think if I added more money, added more investment, that it will do anything. Okay, because it has not gained traction with the with the um, with the bare. Um, it did not gain any traction with the with the strategies that I already in- implemented. Um, I wanted to see some success with the strategies that I've already implemented in with selling that product um, to give me some type of inclination that, oh, okay, let's put more, some more money into it so we can increase sales even more and, and go on from there. So, so that, that in and of itself didn't work. Right. So there's, there's, you know, um, there is, um, there's a few ways you can sell products online, right? So a lot of people do, there's some people who do the drop shipping thing, right? You know, I could have pursued that, um, uh, but didn't want to. Um, and I also could have did like a kind of a pre-sale thing like, oh, you know, here's the product and um, you could buy it now and I'll ship it in 30 days or two, two months or that and that kind of deal, right? And then get all the money from the customers and then go invest into the product could do something like that um but that that's not that's not what i did so in relation to what i did was which was uh you know look at my best-selling product review the you know go over the reviews and and my interpretation of what customers wanted based on the reviews um did not my interpretation did not uh it, it fell flat basically Okay, so with that being said, that one that product's gonna ride out. I'll make my money back at least. Um, worst case scenario, I'll make my money back and and I'll lose um, I'll lose a little bit. But right now, I am I'm getting some profit margin, uh, and I'll make my money back. Not just my money back. So I'll make my money back plus a little profit um doing by doing nothing in other words so um that's that now what i've been working on um the past couple of months is another another situation where you know a customer made a um comment or a review and it made me think about something about a product um idea and the, the good the, the difference between this situation, this new situation that, I, that I'm in versus the old one is I had to do some I had to do a lot of interpretation the first time around, right? So I had to look read between the lines and, and, and try to and try to come up with what I understood what the customer was asking for um, on the aggregate, okay? Because it wasn't anything specific like, um, like, like what I'm, you know, what I'm getting ready to describe now. So this time the customer mentioned a specific product, a specific product that they use with the product that I sell. Okay. And, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the first time that I've seen a customer, um, 
reveal. Uh, I've, it's not the first time I've seen someone mention this in the review. Um, and it's a product that I actually have been thinking about, um, or at least was on my on my list of of potential private label products to pursue. You know, months ago, I, I was on my list. So when when I heard it for the last time, the the customer you know mentioning the product. Uh, it's not necessarily a product brand, but it's it's a it's an it's an accessory. It's a um, yeah, it's it's a product. It's an it's an accessory. So they didn't name it by brand because it's, it's not really there's no known brand for it per se. Um, I said okay, let me go back to that. Let me let me go back to that. And um, so I started doing some searches on Alibaba, and I already did this on Alibaba before. Like I said, it's a product idea I already thought about, but I needed you know. You know, just just held on to the idea, but I got some validation and some confirmation by what customers were saying. And here's the, here's the deal: this is not a what I'm doing now. In in the and by the way, I should have this product. It's being made for me right now. I should have it probably by the end of November. Um, they're still making it, and it'll probably ship um, at the end of end of this month. So, anyways. This is not a private label situation, okay? It's more of a white label situation. Meaning, um, for those who don't know, meaning um, the product already exists. I'm just putting my brand on it. That's it, right? So the private label situation before was, no, the private label was designing it. No, I, I designed it, okay? I put it together. I, I designed it. Like the product exists, but I was telling them, Okay, these colors here, these type of accents here, this type of this, this type of that, right? So I was designing it. But this was a, a white label situation. And um, and the thing about it, <clears throat> I there, there, there's somewhat of a safety net for me in the sense that if, if for some reason, right? Now, I have a, like I said, it's an accessory. I'm all over the place right now. But 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 just just hang in there with me real quick. It's an accessory product. The customer was talking about a specific product that they bought for me, and I was saying, and 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 what what I came up with was, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to market this accessory product with this product that the customer was talking about. But this the safety net for me is this accessory can actually go with probably about 20 to 30 of the products that I sell. Probably more. I did, I did, I did not even test it with all, because it, it's, it, I already know for a fact that it goes with all the, all the different products, but I didn't run through all the different situations, all, all the different products to see, you know, to see if it, uh, I'm not going to, that, that's not my intention is to list the accessory with all the different products that I have. No, I'm just going to start with my, some of my, my good sellers, right? Start with my good sellers, see what happens. Okay. Here, here's my good sellers. They're already getting the most views and eyeballs and traction and traction and all that stuff. Right. So I'm going to, you know, market it with, with those products. 
see how it goes. Worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario is if I do not, if they don't do well or they don't do as well, I can actually spread over the risk across all of my other products. Okay. Now, two things that I'm, I'm hoping would happen, you know, well, okay. Not two things I'm hoping would happen, but what I, what I did this time was I did a lot of calculations on the worst case scenarios. Okay. Worst case scenario. Okay. Now there is something that I'm hoping will happen. Okay. So my hope is I can convert more people. Now this is, this, 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 this hope is based on the worst case scenario. Now, worst case scenario, right? I, I'll, I'll give a specific product example. Okay. So I have a specific product. Okay. That I'm going to market this accessory with. Okay. Now, um, it, you know, this product sells for X. I'm going to sell it for um, with, with the accessory for $15 more. I think that's what I said I was going to do or what I wrote down, I think. So $15 more. Okay. So um, for $15 more, I would make, um, I would make like $5 in profit or something like that. And this, this item cost me, um, this one cost me about, what, two, was it $2? I forget the numbers. Is it, they're, they're in my phone and I'm on my phone talking to you right now. But, um, but it's about two or three bucks. I think it's $2. But anyways, because I, I have, I have different sizes that, I, that I'm getting of this particular uh, product. So I think this size was like $2 or and some change. But anyways, but I would make about $5. Okay. So I'm making, what is that? Almost a little over 200% profit. Um, if I can sell, sell the product that I already sell with the accessory for $15 more. Okay. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Now this is the product, the product that I sell uh, by itself. I'm already doing about a 117% return on investment. Okay. So remember what I was saying, S the SP 500 is 10% on this particular product. I make 117%. Okay. And, um, so it's one of my most profitable products. Okay. Now, worst case scenario is let's say it doesn't sell for $15 more. They don't want to buy the product for $15 more, the accessory. Now, the thing is, uh, what I didn't say before was, you can go buy this. It's like I said, it's a white label product. So the product already exists. Okay. You can go on Amazon or go, um, you know, some of these other places. You could buy the same product. Let's say if you bought my product and then you went and bought the accessory later, you can buy it for about $25 by itself. I'm only selling it for 15 bucks. I'm only selling it for 15 bucks. If you want to buy it with the, with, with, with my product. Okay. They can go buy it elsewhere for $25. So there's there. So, you know, my, my thinking is, oh, okay. You know, for the people who are actually looking there, there's a deal, you know, there's a deal behind this. Right. But anyways, I, I'm, I'm only talking about worst case scenarios. I ran through a whole bunch of worst case scenarios because look at what happened with my private label product. Right. So I'm, I'm going through more worst case scenarios. So worst case scenario that I'm hoping, right. If this happens that I can't sell it for $15 more. I have to sell it for the same price. 
I'm selling it for the same price with the accessory. So there's no difference between the price of the product that it was before and the price of the product with the accessory. That's what I'm saying, worst case scenario, okay? But I just have to sell it with the product, not for more, for the same price that I sell it for now. My profit margin will go down to 60%. That is acceptable to me. That is acceptable to me. Because remember, my, my minimum is 50%. So, so if I sell it with the, you know, if I sell it with this for the same price, my margins go up. And the reason why, the reason why it's, it's, a, it's a $2 product, right? But the reason why my margins go down so so much from 117 down to 60 is because the cost of shipping goes up. Because um, if I add this product with, if I add this uh, accessory product with my current product, it increases the uh, the weight, and it takes it out of uh, it takes it out of first class USPS shipping into priority priority mail, which is like four or five dollars sometimes more. So that's the reason why my margin goes down even more. Okay. So, anyways, so um, my hope is I can convert. My conversion rate will increase by a lot. That's what I'm hoping for because maybe they see more value. Uh, customers will see more value instead of you know buying because because I already sell it the product by itself for this dollar amount. You know, I sell enough of it. You know, so sell quite a bit of it but if i add something else for the same price they there may be a, a value proposition that people will see and i will convert more um i'll convert more buyers okay so i would increase my sales so even though i am working harder with more sales but if my volume, um, if my volume exceeds the amount of work that it takes, uh, if my volume on a dollar amount basis exceeds the the amount of work that it, you know, if it's greater, right, right. If so, if it's greater than the amount of work that I'm putting in, the additional work that I'm putting in, the dollars are worth it. In a dollar figure, if it's worth it, that 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 would be a huge, that would be a huge impact. So if I go from selling, you know, three a day, you know, I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that's what I sell of the individual product. If I go from selling the individual product for three dollars a day, um, excuse me, at three uh, units a day, if I go from that and then I add the accessory and now I'm selling the accessory and the product, I sell ten of them a day. Even at sixty percent, I will be okay with that. I'll be okay with putting in that, in that additional work even though my margins went down, but I'll be making more money on a dollar amount basis on a you know, daily, on a, uh, daily, you know? But, um, but that's what I'm hoping my worst case scenario is, but let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say that doesn't happen. My conversion rate doesn't change a bit and I'm just still doing the same amount of sales. At least I'll be able to sell the product. I mean, my margins would be 60% for a little while, but um, so in essence, I will be losing money in essence, but um, 
I'll be getting the product out of the door and I can use the, um, you know, the cost of goods as an expense opposed to not being able to sell anything at all. And it just, you know, being uh, a sunk cost, you know, but um, now I honestly don't think that it's a very likely scenario where it's like, I'm not going to make any money. You know what I'm saying? Because this this situation, because I can apply it to so many other 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 my, of my other products, I'm sure I can find a fit to where I'm able to sell and make some money. You know, in addition to my cost of goods back. So to me, this is a safe bet. It's a safe bet, and and, and I I didn't even like go over the all the different worst case scenarios. Like the worst case scenarios, there's worst case, and then there's Worst, worst case. Like, worst, worst case is the last thing I said. My conversion rate doesn't change, and I'm just selling the accessory product with the individual product, and I'm, you know, my, my margins are 60% on that sale until I sell out. That is the worst, worst. But it's very unlikely because I can spread, I can, you know, add these accessory, this accessory, this one product across multiple products in my in my catalog, and I'll be able to sell some of them at least for more than what it would um you know for more than what it costs the to to buy the addition the the single product by itself um you know i'm i'm very certain um or very confident rather so that's that y'all that's that i mean i've been i've been ripping on here a little too long you know this this episode is probably longer than than others but um but hey it's it's been a while you know it's been a while and and there was a lot to get out so um Thank you guys. Thank you guys for sticking in, and you know, and you know, I make I make these episodes not to, um, you know, like part of the reason why I I like this length in terms of episodes is let it be background. Let it be background while you're you know while you're working. You know, if if you're fulfilling your items, you know, doing your own thing, play me in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like I know it's difficult to to listen to a podcast when you're busy like this, so. Put me in the background. Give me, give me, um, you know, give me the airtime like that. You know what I'm saying? So if you're working, or if you're driving, or you know, if you're doing something already, you know, put 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 me in the headphones or on speaker, whatever you do. Um, and I, I hope to continue to bring value to you. So thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, peace.